Right, hi everyone. So today we're really lucky. We have Georgia Davis with us here to speak to you. She is a Welshwoman. She swam for Great Britain for a long, long time now. Her breakthrough year was in 2010 at the Commonwealth Games. And since then, she's had a, an illustrious career. She's won European gold, Commonwealth gold. And I was lucky enough to be her training partner for a couple of years after the London Olympics as well. She's done two Olympic Games and is on her way to a third. And so she's going to tell you all about it today. So welcome, Georgia. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, we're good. Thanks for joining us, George. We're all right. How are you still like, keeping busy during lockdown? You, you coping with it okay? It's really tough because usually we have such a strict routine and it's the same week in, week out, and most of that training revolves around swimming. Um, so obviously at the moment we can't go in the pool. And um, I'm just trying to find other ways really to keep fit with all the different energy systems and I'm really lucky I've got good contact with my coaches they're sending me lots of stuff to do and I'm just working a lot on the bike at the moment trying to keep the aerobic fitness high. Yeah very good yeah. you were just telling us before we started um, recording that your gym coach is sort of setting you, setting you sets for the bike to replicate your sessions in the pool so that uh, you're not losing those energy systems and things so how's that work? Yeah, um, so at the moment I'm doing three sort of key bike sessions a week. Um, so like say Monday, Wednesday, Saturday will be my key bike sessions. And those would be, say I'll do 30 seconds as fast as I can flat out and then four minutes easy and that doesn't have to be um, on the bike that can even just be walking around to like keep moving but let the heart rate go down and then we'll just do repetitions of that and the way he described that to me was like imagine if you did a max 50 off the block and you're doing that off five minutes or something like that um, and then yeah another one of the key sets would be um, more a quick turnaround like 20 seconds hard 10 seconds where you completely stop altogether and you just keep doing repetitions of that. That one is my least favorite. That's a killer. Um, everything hurts. <laughs> your whole body. I felt like I had this feeling in my chest, like I used to get when I ran cross country many, many years ago, where you can almost taste the blood in your mouth. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm doing that. And then I'm also doing um, some longer, just aerobic, um, bike sessions where I'll just sit on there get like a good playlist on and just pedal kind of steady but building up a bit of a sweat and keeping my heart rate going for maybe an hour or however long I can manage um, and then like luckily as well I've got a few dumbbells here so we've been doing a couple of weight sessions a week too and we're trying to do some similar movements to what I would normally do but obviously I don't have a bench press here and I don't have a squat rack so we are having to do um, a lot more body weight exercises but like really slowing down the tempo or like holding um, holding like a pause to try and get the muscles to burn and also just increasing the reps as well um, and then we're doing some different things some different exercises um, working muscles that I maybe wouldn't usually do but just trying to challenge myself to keep things interesting so I'm I'm finding it really like it's I miss the pool and I miss swimming 
but it is like a new challenge and I am quite enjoying it. Um, I'm so domsy, so I, I know I'm working hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's great that you've got, you know, you've got a plan. It sounds like you've got a bit of a routine and, you know, it's great that you've got that help from your coaches as well. Um, do you feel like that's really helping you sort of mentally get through this? Because it is a tough time for everyone, whatever stage of being an athlete you're at, and obviously for everyone else as well. Um, you, you're used to training in a different country under the sun, and I know you had that for a bit when you came back, so that must have helped. But how, how's it going sort of on the mental side of things? Um, yeah, I think having a routine is the most important thing because if everyone has a routine, obviously everyone has different routines, but whether it's getting up at a certain time to go to work or to go to school or to go training, um, we all kind of need those routines so that we stay sane and so that we can function effectively. And I think having my coach send to me, because we had a group meeting, our whole team together on Zoom, and um, our coaches kind of asked, what do you need from us? How can we kind of provide the best support for you during this time? And we all just said, like, we usually get a weekly plan, which says, like, what sessions we have each day and what time we need to be where. Um, and we said, could you kind of try and make something like that? So I don't wake up and think, oh, I wonder what I'll do today or like what time shall I train or what training should I do? I still have a plan to follow. So it helps with the motivation levels. Um, and yeah, we're just like chatting all the time. Um, just trying to stay positive, really. Yeah. Oh, good. Excellent. So your, your team, you just mentioned there, your group's a little bit different to most people's. Um, obviously, you're coached by James Gibson out in Turkey, but your training partners are some of the most famous swimmers, most successful swimmers in the world. Uh, you've got Sarah Strosham, um, Lord Manadou, Ben Proud, uh, Chad LeClaw, all these guys and yourself. Like, What's it like being part of that environment? Is that what made you move out to Turkey in the first place? Um. It is an incredible group to train with. I have to say, I absolutely, I love it. And I am kind of in awe of some of the people. It, it becomes normal. You look around and you're like, okay, Olympic champion, Olympic champion, Olympic <laughs> champion. But they're like the most normal people and the most lovely people. And it's a lot of fun. Um, but to be honest, I've been so lucky. Like Amy mentioned, the group we had in Loughborough was awesome too. And um, yeah, moving to Loughborough initially, like Liam Tancock was one of my idols, like backstroke world record holder, 50 world record holder, like love that. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's my favourite event. Um and yeah, even all of you guys, you'd been on worlds and Olympic teams before I had. And when I moved to Loughborough to train with you guys and with James, I was I wasn't sure what to expect because I came from obviously training with a lot of the Welsh swimmers in Swansea but um, being like a little bit of a bigger fish in a smaller pond there and then coming to Loughborough and I just realised that all these like superstar swimmers were like really cool just normal people and super down to earth and friendly um, and I'd say the type of training that we did it was more sprint specific and I loved that that was quite new for me and training under James I just really liked his his coaching style and the way um I don't know he because he'd been an international swimmer I kind of liked the fact that he had been there and done it and understood what we were going through um and then 
yeah, because we swam together until 2016 in, in, Loughb- in Loughborough and then James took the job in Turkey. So I was thinking to retire around that point, um, been to two Olympics and that was, I kind of thought maybe I'd reached my peak there. Um, and he just gave me a call and he was like, if you're not sure what you want to do, come and have a look what it's like out in Turkey. It's amazing. I think you might like it. Um, so yeah, I just went out and had a training camp, me and one of the other girls, Rachel Kelly and Ben Proud actually came out at the same time as us. We just went for five days, I think. Um, and the three of us just loved it. Um, for the other two, they are a little bit younger than me, so they weren't thinking about retiring really anyway. Um, but it just changed my mind straight away. And then, yeah, I didn't train with Sarah straight away um, or Chad. Like a lot of the people, they've kind of been involved in the club, but they maybe weren't full time initially. So I didn't know them that well to begin with. But I've been there like three and a bit years now. Um, and it's honestly, it's amazing. Um, but it's kind of cool because a lot of the guys they'll race each other. Like you said, we've got Flo and Ben who are both training for the 53. Um, And then we've got another couple of guys who are focusing on the 100 free, but also swim the 50. And the rivalry is so intense, but like they're so supportive of each other as well. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a really nice atmosphere to be training in. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things I was, I was gonna kind of ask, you know, obviously you guys are all of such an elite level with such high goals and already, you know, high achievements. And I was just wondering how that fits in, essentially quite, compared to a lot of, say, clubs over here, quite a small group, like it's quite high pressure cooker, isn't it? Of lots of people trying to achieve such amazing amazing things. And I was just wondering like how that worked, but like you kind of just alluded to there, everyone does push each other, which is, which is great and, you know. Yeah, it is, um, it can be intense. Um, cause yeah, some of the guys are swimming the same events as each other. Um, but I think they try and just stay, see it in a positive light because most of them are actually competing for different countries. So it's not intense in the sense of this person could stop me making the world championships or this person could take the one or the two spots that are available for my country to qualify for Olympics. Um, they are hoping to make each other better so that they can all get to that major meet and then when it comes to the major meet then it's every man for himself I think. Um, but it's really cool because like there's not another backstroker out there that I train with but then I'll try and train with Sarah as much as I can when she's swimming fly it's quite hard though because honestly she can give the boys a run for their money like I'm struggling to keep up with her but um and then we've got Penilla Bloom who's joined more recently um, so like for Sarah and Penilla, they can push each other on. But then James is quite good at managing what each athlete needs as well. So we'll have individual meetings. And if someone says like, oh, I, I love having rivalry with so-and-so, but like, I don't want to do it 10 sessions a week. So he'll like pick and choose when to put people together. And he makes sure all our programs are really individual as well, because the group is quite small. So we've got the luxury that we've got enough coaching staff and enough lane space that he can kind of individualize the sessions. So that is like another bonus really. 
Right. So your team, Energy Standard, is obviously part of the wider ISL International Swimming League. That's the whole reason behind it being created. But a lot of people listening might not fully understand, me included, exactly how that whole all works. Do you think you could just give us a bit of an overview of what the idea of it is? Um, well, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly. Like, I don't want to say something wrong, but I've been part of it for the first season. Yeah. Um, and from what I gather, it, it's all about just being more of a team event rather than each swimmer focusing on themselves. And um, one thing we all talked about was how with swimming, you can win a race, but we're all so competitive and we aim so high and we focus so much on times. So you can win a race and you can look at the scoreboard and you can be like, oh, that wasn't very good. And you often see that on TV. They're like, the camera will zoom in to the person who's won. And there's not much celebrating or smiling. And for people who maybe aren't, um, maybe as regular swimming viewers they might think oh why is that person disappointed they just won um but it's because in our we're so focused on the times all the time oh my gosh I didn't get a personal best time and I think they wanted to take the focus away from what times you swim um and think more about just racing tough because yeah. that's the other thing we're used to doing maybe a trials and then whatever the major meet is, and then there might be a short course meet that you'd focus on, but that's two or three times a year that you'd taper. Yeah. Um, and swimming doesn't get that much exposure on TV um, because we're not racing that often, so there's nothing to show anyway. I think that with the ISL, they just wanted to have international swimmers going head to head more often just to try and raise the profile of swimming, get people interested in swimming, get people watching more often. And you know, like with football, for example, it's on so often that not only would you support a team, but you know the faces and the names of all the players. But I think it's quite hard to recognise swimmers because you don't see them very often. And then we're like covered up with our hats and goggles all the time. Um, so I just, I think they wanted to try and give swimmers a bit more exposure, but make it in a way that like fans of swimming could support a team yeah. and then also get to know their swimmers a bit more as well. Um, and I don't know if there's anything I can compare it to, but it was just such a fun meet to be involved in. And as a junior, I just remember doing the inter-counties or like the arena league type things. And you know, like the relays and you get double points and not, not really caring about your time, but you're thinking, oh my gosh, if I can just finish one place higher than what I did in the last round, then I'll get extra points for the team. And it was all about that kind of feel, um, which it was, it was nice, actually. I really enjoyed it because I put a lot of pressure on myself usually. Um, so I felt like it was a different kind of atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, great. I mean, it's, it is a bit unusual, isn't it? As like you say, there's different teams that people can support or anything, but in, you know, the, the difference is that there's people from all different countries on the same team. So essentially you, you might be racing against people that would normally be from the, you know, they're from the same nation, normally the same team as you, but they're yeah. racing for a totally different team now. Does that feel strange? Cause you would have had 
British people on a different team that were now your competitors rather than your team. How did that feel? Well, it was really weird for me. Like, first of all, um, on our team, in the backstroke, we had me and Emily Seabon, and she's from Australia, and we've raced each other since 2010 Commonwealth Games. We were both on the podium together for the 50 pack, so we've raced each other for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we never knew each other that well on like a friendly basis. We would just like talk a little bit. And then we actually got to know each other quite well, and we walk out together and like wave to the crowd together, and that, that was quite nice for me to get to know other athletes from different countries who you always see them on poolside and you're walking past them and you might sort of smile but it depends you know you might not actually know them well so that was a cool element but for me it was weird when we went to London to do the European derby and the London Raw team was made up of so many of the British swimmers and then the crowd was cheering so much for London Raw. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm British. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, we were having like playful banter, like trash talking each other between like the teams, you know. And I was like, this is odd because usually I'm on the British team with all these guys, but now they're like my rivals. Um, but it was fun. We did have quite a few British athletes on the Energy Standard team too. Um, yeah and it's just nice because it's not actually about your nationality it's just a completely separate thing again sorry to talk I don't really know much about football but I just know like this example you don't have like you can play for England but then if you want to you can go and play for Barcelona or like it it doesn't matter with ISL you can just swim for whatever team you want to but obviously for me being part of the energy standard team anyway it wasn't really a choice for me like I didn't see any other team as an option yeah would you not want to be on London Raw team that's like the British team and I was like no (laughs) (laughs) felt like a betrayal (laughs) has been my club and yeah I love it it's I think ours was the most international team um we had like the most nationalities on it which is really cool because yeah, most of the time those people are your rivals, but then yeah. you get to see them more on like a friendly basis. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the obviously this all started once we'd retired from competing. So it's definitely something that I feel like would have been amazing to have been around, you know, back when we were swimming. I'm quite jealous of like the fact that you guys get to really take hold of this because one of the things I used to struggle with was nerves at a competition. And I did unintentionally used to put these guys like yourself, like the guys that you'll be training with up on a pedestal because I didn't know them. And so for to be like you're training with them or you're now on a team with them, like you said, you actually get to know Emily Seabon better now. That just normalizes those people. They are just people. They are totally normal people that just work hard, train hard. And I think that is a, a great thing for people that suffer with things like nerves in competition but yeah just I I feel like that would have helped me a lot in that in that respect yeah and I think with the schedule that they had with racing so often and a lot of traveling um normally when you go to like a big competition and you you're putting all your hopes on that one competition and you're tapering for it and you're thinking okay this is my chance I need to try and swim well here but with the ISL it was just showing actually you can fly halfway across the world, be jet lagged, 
and then still get in the pool and not be tapered and you can still race pretty fast yeah. um and so yeah that that was cool as well so definitely for me i am the same as you like it did it was nice to race them and also to have the chance to train with a lot of people from different countries because yeah for the nerves it's just nice to see that like you say everyone is normal and everybody's just doing the same thing that you're doing actually um i think you always have this idea in your head that people who are faster than you or breaking records that they must be doing something different but like often sometimes they are sometimes there are people who are doing extraordinary things but most of the time we're all just training very similarly um so it's cool to see that actually because in between the racing we'd maybe spend like a few days doing like a training camp before or before the next meet um so yeah you just kind of see that everyone's just getting in doing the same stretches as you doing the same warm-ups so yeah it was good yeah and you guys were the uh the first winners of the uh the very first <laughs> isl league out doing a final in vegas as a that's uh, that's pretty special and like we were watching on tv like amy said I, that was the first time i was like a little bit jealous here watching you guys since retirement um more so, to be honest, than when I was watching the Rio Olympics. I thought, really? yeah, I just, I don't know. I just think you like the short course. I like the short <laughs> course. That, that's a big part. Yeah. Um, just the spectacle, and just it felt like the atmosphere coming through um, through the TV. Even just just felt amazing, and like the way that um, just with the lights and the, the uh, you know the music on. They got a live DJ introducing people <laughs> come out and like. They've really gone all out to make it a bit of a show and a spectacle, it felt. And it just, it, it just looked really cool. It looked like something that, yeah, it won't be fun. And also, you guys are getting paid so much more than, like, there's so much more opportunity for you guys to make some money now, which is obviously, I'd say, brilliant for all the athletes that are out there. And, yeah. Um, I just sort of been thinking about it before, because, like you mentioned yourself, like, 2016, you were thinking of retiring, and then James came to you with this opportunity which has now developed and it took another couple of years before you've had your actual first league um, of, with the ISL. But do you think it's, I think you've got like Flo Manadu, I'll make a point in a second. Uh, you've got Flo Manadu <laughs> coming out of retirement. Um, you know, are people, are swimmers going to start having longer careers if there's opportunity to like make a lot more money out of it? So it'd be a financial career as well as just a, a sport and achievement career kind of thing. I hope so, because honestly, there is a culture, I don't know if it's in the whole world, but in Britain, I'd say there's a culture, no one ever says anything. I think it's just in our minds that we think that we, uh, you get old when you get to a certain age and you think you need to retire. And partly that could be because, um, yeah, you can't earn a huge amount of money from swimming unless you are the very top athletes who have a lot of sponsors and stuff like that um so then maybe it's partly to do that where people think okay i probably need to get a job now and then just move on to sort of the next stage of your life if you want to do things like getting a house or starting a family so i think from that aspect um people feel the need or the want to retire at a certain age so that they can move on to that next stage whereas if this ISL is able to take off in the way that I know they want it to. I think it will allow people to carry on swimming longer because 
the financial worry won't be as strong. Um, so people will feel like, you know, you see some people, you've got Jeanette Otterson in Denmark, she's had a baby and she's had a comeback and she's still swimming for her country internationally and she's still able to carry on at the same kind of level. So if people didn't feel that stress or that worry, then I think they would feel like they could carry on longer. Um, Also, I think with the teams and the amount of racing, I think they want to have bigger teams. so like it's almost like a squad um and maybe then you you just don't you know not every person will swim every match or whatever um so it will just give people the opportunity maybe some people wouldn't want to swim internationally or race i don't know some people will retire from international swimming but would maybe want to carry on with the isl or I don't know, maybe it will just make people feel like they have the option to carry on longer. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to play out yet because it is early days. Um, It's just been the first season and I know they had really big plans for this 2020 season, which have definitely gone in the bin now. But (laughs) I think they're planning ahead and they're trying to work out a way that they can make things even bigger and even better for next year. Um, when things are all back up and running and everyone's healthy again. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, most important thing, everyone being healthy and safe, isn't it? Yeah. And with, with, with this ISL, so the impression that's kind of being got is that it's really wanting to be pushed to be um, making something go, go towards maybe more of a professional sport, sort of like tennis or something like that as opposed to being amateur as it is at the moment. Obviously with an amateur sport, Olympics is the pinnacle of that sport. And that is, you know, the the big goal that everyone will want to be aiming for on that four year cycle. Um, If this league does start to take kind of swimming into that more professional status, at least with the league, you know, in mind, do you think it will start changing people's feelings and thoughts around like what, what the sport should become and what the pinnacle of the sport should be. Should it be more like where, it, for example, in tennis, um, Wimbledon, say, oh, your you grand slams are bigger than an Olympic Games. Do you know what I mean? That means more of a deal to them than, than Olympics. But at the moment, swimming is obviously the other way around. Do you think it will start to sway the balance a little bit? Um, I think it's too early to tell at the moment. And I definitely think there is place for both to go hand in hand. I know personally, like I, I sometimes struggle with the winter season because there's not so much racing and we're doing quite a lot of the hard work then sort of from like the September through to January. Um, you might have one competition that you focus on during then, but this year I loved that block of training because we were training really hard, but I raced in Indianapolis and then in Naples and then in London and then in Las Vegas and I also did the European Championships the short course in that time so I've never raced five different meets between September and December before Um, but I really enjoyed it and within that phase I fitted in the European meet which was was and always has been during that time plus the ISL Um, and then the focus come January switched on to training towards the trials I think swimming is 
and the Olympic sport is one of the like core Olympic sports really. And growing up for me, the Olympics was always a dream and something that I was aspiring to achieve. I hope that doesn't change because I do think the Olympics is special. But at the same time, I hope that people get to experience how much fun and how cool ISL is. And I hope it can carry on growing. And I think it would be awesome if, you know, like in athletics, for example, they do the same kind of schedule as swimmers where it comes to like Olympics, World Championships, Europeans, they also do Commonwealth and they all alternate, but then they still have their diamond leagues, which they go and compete in. And they're racing fast regularly. So they obviously have like a season where they'll focus more on their training, but I definitely think swimming is, it can change to where we race more often, but we still race fast rather than just trying to race fast twice a year or something. Um, And I think it is possible, you know, maybe some people might aspire to achieve the Olympics or to achieve an Olympic medal that's one goal and then if they manage to achieve that then they might change their goals lots of people to stay motivated they'll set a target and then when they reach it they'll set a new target so then you know maybe one target can be to be part of isl teams or to become mvp at nisl um yeah i think it just gives more options to people yeah i mean you've got sorry this is a little bit off topic but like we say, Olympics is the pinnacle for a lot of a lot of swimmers right now, um, and a lot of people get Olympic tattoos. Do you want to show us your? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, you probably can't even see my yellow ring at the moment. faded. <laughs> I got this done in 2012, so it is eight years old. <laughs> oh, I love it though. I love it. Do you think um, people start having to get ISL tattoos instead, and <laughs> their team logo tattoos instead of Olympic rings? <laughs> There were a few people, because um, I know like a lot of people, their, um, the branding of their teams, we, we were really getting into it and we were like so proud to be part of our team. And uh, a few people did get tattoos of lightning bolts when mm-hmm. we were at Las Vegas after we won, because like the lightning for like energy, you know? Um, yeah. I think there were like four or five people who got that done, just like little tiny lightning bolts. So it's already started after the first <laughs> You'll have to get James to get one as well. Yeah, I think that'll be tough. He doesn't have any, so... <laughs> Challenge, there you go. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, so, obviously now that like, Olympics have been postponed, what does that do in terms of your training plans? Like, is that a worry or is it plenty of time to get ready for the next one? Um, like, and you've said before already that your coaches have a big, they're already sending you stuff. And it sounds like you like to kind of get the work prescribed. But how much um, influence as a senior swimmer? You've done this for quite a while now, George. You've been a senior swimmer for 10 years, like an international swimmer. So do you dictate what you do? You say you have weekly meetings with Gibbo. Like, what's the thought process moving forward to, to next year's like, Olympics? It is weird um, because initially when we found out the trials were postponed or cancelled and then the Olympics were postponed. I was filled with mixed emotions um, because I felt like I was in a very good place. I was very fit. I'd been training really well and I was almost excited to race because I wanted to see um, what I was capable of kind of thing um, where I was at. So I felt quite disappointed and I felt kind of like, 
I don't know. I almost felt bad for feeling annoyed because obviously at the moment there's a much bigger picture going on and sport and swimming is just a very tiny piece within the much bigger picture. Um, but obviously it's natural. Everybody's been affected in different ways. So I think it's natural for everyone to feel um, upset or disappointed. I know a lot of people having to like postpone their weddings and like yeah. there's so much going on which affects different individuals. Um, so I did have that kind of phase where I was a bit disappointed and frustrated. Um, and then I kind of realized actually that's not gonna help at all. The situation is what it is. Um, we have to kind of get COVID sorted, get people healthy um, before we can even remotely think about sports. And I'm just trying to stay at home and sort of stay healthy and then focus on my training. Having the structure from the coaches is so important. It's helping me. I think I'm a motivated person. I don't struggle for motivation but I do like structure um I'll have like the communication with my coaches and I'll say my input but ultimately I really trust their knowledge and experience and they know me so kind of when we have our meetings we can talk together and work out the best possible sort of schedule or training and then if you're going to be really positive you think well I've got even more time to train now and to be hopefully better than I could have been this year. Um, and I'm just finding like there's absolutely no point being negative because the situation is what it is and it doesn't help. It's just going to make things harder for you. If you just got to try and be half full rather than half empty all the time. Yeah, so true. So true. <laughs> so obviously you've, um, th this will hopefully be your third Olympics you've done two others you've been all around the world racing at loads of different competitions obviously taking part in this new ISL what would you say your most memorable moment of your career is so far um oh I think it's hard to choose one maybe because I think you know like I said before you set one goal and if you achieve it then you try and move on to another one and I think for me the first one was when I won the 50 back at Commonwealth Games because that was something that I'd aimed for and was kind of hoping to achieve and that's kind of special for me as well with being Welsh it's like once every four years you get to represent Wales and hearing that anthem that was really really cool um, but then I'd say the next one which is probably the biggest one for me was winning European champs on the 50 because I'd been and won uh, silver and a bronze previously. Um, and I don't know, I just felt like I'd come so close to winning the gold, but never quite done it. But the time I swam when I won that race kind of shocked me too. Um, and I managed to break the European record there, which was never something I was aiming for at all. And I just remember seeing it, because I actually did that in the heat. <laughs> and I'm not normally a fast heat swimmer, so I was just shocked. Um, and that's still managing for, for me to manage, like doing that fast time in the heat and then kind of holding it together, holding the nerves through the semi and then to get the win on the final. That was amazing. That's my first individual win for 
Great Britain too. Like I've been on the podium for like silver or bronze and I've been on the podium for relays, but like that was the first time I stood on the top for myself. Um, and then like for me as well, I'm sorry, I know you asked the one, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> um, qualifying for the London Olympics in 2012, that was something I probably never thought I would achieve at the time. It was something... I always wanted to do, but maybe didn't think I would. Um, so to go to the Olympics and then to go again in Rio, um, I'm really proud. And I, I'm not an Olympic medalist, but I think when I look back on my career, I think I'll be proud. Well, um, and then, sorry, one more. Um, <laughs> I have... <laughs> Um, one thing James really taught me is that you have to really cherish the things you achieve because we're so busy like oh okay great I achieved that goal now I'm moving on to the next one and he, he always teaches us to like treat yourself and like really appreciate that you've actually you worked so hard to achieve something and then you finally get there um, so to like celebrate it and actually soak it all in um, so yeah I don't know for me as well, last summer, standing on the podium at the World Long Course, um, that was with the Mixed Medley Relay, but that was my first ever Long Course World's Medal. Um, so at the age of, I think I was 28, my first ever Long Course World's Medal, yeah. Sorry, I've listed too many. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. No, no, well, you've got a lot of accolades, yeah, George. You've got, got a lot, lot to talk about, yeah. <laughs> and like, like, you would have... Missed out on quite a lot of those those first for you Commonwealth Games European champion European record like you just said if you had retired at, um, after 2016 a lot um, it's interesting yeah. when you're kind of getting what's pushed to be a little bit like too old in swimming is where you are now developing and having your your best years are coming like right at the end which is where I think it's it is fantastic and exciting exciting part in swimming sort of history that we get into that where swimmers are developing later and later and staying in the sport which is the most important thing so yeah, yeah. I mean I, I know what you're saying as well about the uh, appreciating the moment when you have had a moment of success because you're always thinking of like the next competition coming up well that's at least how I used to feel like yeah. once I saw uh, we'd done Cornwells they were just supposed to be like a stepping stone ready for the next Olympic cycle coming up and so it's like, oh yeah, that was good today, but back in the pool tomorrow already and we're training. You never take that moment for yourself. And is there anything you actually do? You said James encourages to like celebrate that. Do you actually do anything to celebrate it or do you just take a moment for yourself to like process it? Um, it depends when during the competition that you've achieved something. Because like you might have done your main race on like the first day or the second day, but it's like a seven day yeah. meet. So can't exactly go out and celebrate too much you still got like other jobs to do but I just think um yeah sometimes it could be you've done a time you wanted to do or you won a medal if I can get the chance to go out and have a nice meal with my parents and maybe like a glass of wine or something because normally we're so strict with our diets and just trying to focus everything towards training but whatever it is like whether it's just allowing yourself to have something that you like as like a little reward just to be like you did well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I just try and try and do something whenever the competition's over. Um, just something, or like if there's, I like shopping. So if there's something I had my eye on for a while, like treat myself for that. But yeah, um, I think it is nice to look back on things you've achieved before you've actually finished. If you can do that kind of thing. Um, one thing James did for, I think it was for me and for Fran Hassel when we were in Rio, because um, we were his two swimmers at the time on the team. He made us these video montages of all the races we'd done well in previously leading up to that time. I don't know if he did it or if he had some sneaky help from someone, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but it was really nice because he was trying to show us like look you've done this stuff already you should be proud of this and it was almost like a motivational video to sort of help us um big ourselves up kind of thing because yeah. uh, sometimes you just need to remember all the good things you have already done to help you go on to do more stuff um and like you, you mentioned i was thinking about retiring in 2016 and if i hadn't carried on then yeah i wouldn't have done a lot of the things I wouldn't be involved in ISL and then yeah. the Europeans and the world champs. Um, and it just shows actually that everybody does improve at different rates and at different times. And obviously I haven't continued, like the graph doesn't keep going up like that. There's been a couple of years where I've not had PBs. Um, there's been, there was one year, 2015, I thought I'd trained really hard. We all went to the trials and then I swam awful and I didn't qualify for the team. You know, everybody goes through the ups and downs. Um, but I think a lot of people sometimes struggle when they're in the down patch or when they're not getting PBs or struggle for motivation. But it just shows if you can be strong and get through the negative times, then you can actually carry on. Um, and it isn't like, oh, you've reached your peak now. You don't have to stop when you're like, 16 or 18 or 22 like you can keep yeah. going as long as you want to keep going and as long as you want to keep working hard I think yeah, yeah exactly I mean it's, it's for your enjoyment as well isn't it it's not just results and doing this for it's because you love doing what you do as well hopefully um I mean that in itself is fantastic advice that you've already said there for for a lot of swimmers a lot of young swimmers um is there any other advice that you would give young swimmers um whether it's in general or right now during the situation that we're in um i think it kind of goes for both in general you know what it's like both of you like liam tancock's one of your really really good friends and like you've both trained with him and so have i and he was the most positive person ever and i just think like positivity um he could be having an absolute shocker of a session. Um, I would be meeting him and I'm, I was like this young, like I was 23, like a girl and I'd be beating him. But he was like so positive, even when he was tired or injured as well. That's like a tough one. When you're injured, that is one of the hardest times to try and stay positive. Um, but I just think I tried to learn a bit of that from him I'm not anywhere near as positive as him at all um, but especially even more so now we can't do the things we usually do we can't train we can't lots of people can't go to school and they can't sit their exams and it's like quite an important time for them um, but 
when th- when you can't actually control a situation you, there's not much use stressing over it or being negative so yeah positive vibes <laughs> oh, beautiful keep yeah. smiling advice from you <laughs> yeah fantastic right Josh, thank you very much for uh, coming on and chatting to us today i thought you had some uh, really really good answers there lots to think about uh, for younger swimmers as well and really excited to hear what you've got coming up so Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you so much, Georgia. And best of luck with your training right now and obviously leading into next year and everything now as well. Thank you so much. Cheers, oh, you're welcome. All the best. Bye. 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 Bye.